Welcome to Continuous Plays, The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective featuring Brian Thomas. This is probably my favorite Buffy episode of the whole series. And Jay Newcastle. I mean, seriously. Okay, I got real problems. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios, and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Hold on. All right, here we go. Yes, yes. Okay. All right, here we go. Three, two. Welcome to the Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And we're here to talk about Season 5, Episode 13, Blood Ties, written by Stephen S. Tonight. Buffy tries to celebrate her 20th birthday with a low-key, intimate gathering of friends, but Dawn's entire world crumbles as she confirms that she is indeed this mysterious key. Confused, angry, depressed, she flees and ends up running into Ben. However, when Dawn reveals that she is the key, Ben freaks out and then morphs into Glory. Glory pumps Dawn for information as she can't remember everything Dawn told Ben. Buffy and the gang arrive just in time as Glory concludes that Dawn doesn't know where the key is. Willow and Tara teleport Glory elsewhere, channeling a very strong bit of magic through Willow, which knocks her down. And in the final scene, Buffy convinces Dawn that she is indeed a Summers and that she loves her no matter where she came from. And that is the plot summary for Blood Ties, Brian. So... We we get a lot of reveal here. We finally let one of the key cats out of the bag, I guess you'd say. We finally, Dawn finally confirms it, and Buffy has to deal with the fact that, okay, Dawn now knows she's not real, but then again, she is. You know, there's that, that whole bit. And they've been sort of toying with that for a while now, but they finally decide, okay, we're going to deal with it in a very specific way. I liked it. I thought it was a, it was a good timing. We just, you know, Don kind of heard rumors or murmurings a couple episodes back, so it's nice that they kindly kind they get it out in the open now. And I I think her reaction is fantastic. It's and what a normal what is she a fourteen year old in this? I think it's right. Would, yeah. would react to you know? Oh my gosh! Oh, well, I guess no normal thirteen. 14 year old would ever hear something <laughs> like that but it'd be like kind of saying uh that you were find out you were adopted i, I yeah. guess that would be a similar uh feeling except for that you're not real but whatever <laughs> i think that's i think that's exactly what they're playing with though here is the idea that, that this would be what it's like to find out you're adopted you mm-hmm. know and then the confrontation with your family is you know how can they ever treat you the same and how can you ever feel the same about it right yeah i mean this is a, this is uh you know, a, a loss of innocence for Donnie here, which is a big thing. I mean, they haven't done a lot of that to her so far. I mean, clearly she knows what's up. Like, she knows that the Buffy is the Slayer and that there's this world of demons and all this other stuff, but it's, for a lot, in a lot of ways, she's protected from a ton of it. They go out of their way to protect her from it, right? And now it's right well, back in her face. Yeah. And let's remember that even at this point, the gang doesn't even know yeah. that Don's the key yet. I mean, they do now, but they ha- they yeah, just they found out themselves. So right. it's, yeah, it's interesting. I, I like it. I, I, they find out in this episode, do they not? Yeah, this is the point where Buffy tells them, and their reaction is, why couldn't you tell us this, Buffy? After everything we've gone through together, everything we do, and hey, we lay down you know, life on the line often here, why couldn't you tell us this? I understand you think you're protecting us, but that's we're beyond that now. That was the reaction I got off them, and I thought that was a uh, an interesting way to play that. You know, they could have yeah. been like, as usual, oh, okay, well, Buffy usually keeps secrets from us, but it's almost like 
there's a little bit of that residual from season four when Spike split them all up, you know? Yeah. Of, of the like, hey, I think at this point we can trust each other. You know, like it, there was there was a little hurtfulness in there on everybody's part, except maybe Anya, who doesn't care. But, right. you know, yeah. but everybody else and maybe Tara, I, who's new to it. But for, particularly I'm talking about Xander and Willow, their reaction to it is like, really, after all of this, you couldn't tell us that. And that's a good reaction for them, but I also think that Buffy's reasoning is is spot on. I mean, oh yeah, they're dealing with some super strength hell bitch that they just learned is a god. Now they didn't, she didn't know it at the time she found out about Dawn, but mm-hmm. she knows that if she lets them in on the secret, they are now uh, in deep trouble if Glory finds out they know. I mean, well, yeah, and they that's... can't protect themselves as well as Buffy can. Now Buffy can't protect herself completely. But at least she's got a fighting chance, whereas they just, they don't have much. <laughs> oh, no, I agree. And I, and I want everybody that's listening to this, if you're new to this and you're kind of watching and going along with this or, or whatever, and you don't remember, or maybe you don't remember where this goes, hang on to that little nugget that Brian just threw out there, that they have now squarely put the target on themselves, mm-hmm. you know, at, to, to know this this bit of information. And I think that's, you know, let's let's pull out of the what the show is about magic and demons and all that stuff for a minute here. The idea of not telling people that you love everything because you're protecting them. And that indeed, you're right, actually, sometimes. It is easier for them to not know because in knowing, you can put them in mortal danger. Mm-hmm. And, or maybe not mortal danger. Let's back that off. That's a little well, more melodramatic. Well, I would say it is mortal danger. You know. mm-hmm. well, glory to, to... No, no, no. I'm, ta- I'm talking about, yeah, with them. I'm talking about just in like oh, your sure, you know, sure. personal lives. That's really a mortal danger. But you... You put you don't want to put people in a bad situation, and well, in this case, yeah, you like could, you say, it is mortal danger. And you could go with mortal danger too. I mean, look at it as as a case of uh, knowing who committed a murder, covering it up, and telling another friend. Now they're a target. Well, right? uh, yeah, and uh, th- that played out actually in a Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, the idea was that the parents murdered Freddy Krueger. And then he, you know, went after them by going after their kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, after the first kids learned that, and they only did it for a couple of sh- a couple of those films where that was a secret. After that, everybody subsequently going forward knows that the the parents murdered Freddie, and that makes them a target. Some of them who would have had who didn't live on Elm Street, who weren't part yeah. of the mob that did it, become targets because now they know. So in the knowing, you you become guilty by association, I guess you'd say, and that's yeah. what's happening here with the group is that well now that they know now okay one they know how how why we're so hypersensitive to protect dawn but two they're also now in even more danger than normal mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah let's talk about what you know dawn does i think uh, this mm-hmm. is fascinating we've, oh yeah we've been watching uh this now and this ben character keeps showing up I love the reveal here with Ben. Finally figuring out what it is that Ben is and what his tie to glory is was fantastic. But before we get to that, you know, Don runs away, basically. Mm-hmm. She uh, takes off because she doesn't feel like she belongs in the house anymore. She's not an actual sister, and Joyce is not her mother. Uh, she isn't even human, so she's gone. She She takes off. And she's running around, and where she end up at the hospital of all places? I guess. The well, only real that's place because she. Other than, well, I was gonna say she cuts herself, like she cuts her hands, basically, and sort of that. Is it real blood? Is it real? You know that whole bit. And she winds up at the hospital to get help for that. 
in one area, but it's also because that's where Dr. Ben is. Like you said, there's two levels to well, that there. I, I don't even think it's Dr. Ben. She goes mm-hmm. there to go into the room with all the quote-unquote crazies and to, to find out what she is. That's what she wants yeah. to know, right? What, so what she, am I? Yeah. She The only place she knows she can go where people know what she is is this psych ward in the hospital. So I don't even think the cut brought her to the hospital. She's running away. She just goes to the hospital. She goes into this room where they're all freaking out that she's there. Uh, and she's just trying to find out what's going on. Ben comes in and she knows Ben. So she confides in him, which I think is absolutely fascinating. And, and Ben all of a sudden realizing what's going on starts just freaking out on her. And it's fantastic. Well, but what you mentioned there that it was a neat reveal. What did we learn about him? I'm I was left confused as to how did Glory overtake oh. him again? Like I I no, know no. now because I've seen the show. But when I first saw this, I was like, what just happened? I well, I got it right away that that Ben is the the good side of Glory and Glory is the evil side, and they're one in the same. Interesting. And, and he morphs into. Some, look at what he does for a profession. He's a doctor helping people, right? Right, right. And he works on the psych ward trying to clean up the mess that Gloria's done. So they're two of the same people, even though in their minds they're two separate people. And hmm. I think I think it was fascinating. It's almost like a split personality disorder come to real life. You know? Well, I mean, it, that is exactly what it is. I mean, it's two completely different personalities, and that is a neat layer to add on to our big villain. That's something we've never had with any of them before, mm-hmm. where they really are Jekyll and Hyde. You know, yeah. at, at the same time that and it, and it also is part of that Buffy formula where there's a betrayal. You know, somewhere in the middle of the season, somebody that you think is on your side actually isn't. Or they turned out there's more to them than meets the eye. And so we're left going, well, what does Ben know? What does he not know? Clearly, Glory can't hear everything that gets told to him, but she knows enough to have appeared at that moment. I, it's, it is neat. I mean, you can really bend your mind around it. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was really cool. And I really like the fact that Glory, when she comes... When she when Ben turns into Glory, she doesn't remember anything they talked about or yeah. any of that stuff. She has no clue. All all that she knows is that something important was going on and she took over the body. And I thought I thought that was really awesome. And even uh, you know, sitting there grilling Dawn as it was, you know before they came to help save her, she was getting to the point where she was almost done with Dawn. And I thought that was fantastic. Well, well, I think it's, it's too that glory. If, if they are indeed these two halves, like what we're talking about here, that glory is the stronger of the two halves by far, because she can overtake Ben. We've never seen Ben overtake glory right? You know, up to this point. And that's something to note and kind of hang on to and realize that glory is the dominant one. And that Ben is the submissive one of the two. And that, I don't know, I just found that to be really fascinating. But yeah, you know, how close was it? She's just like, okay, I'm done with this. And she was just going to kill her. And then, you know, Buffy and the gang show up. So, I mean, that that got hairy real quick. So, what did you make of the, the end bit there, the fight and the way sort of everybody teams up on her and the magic Tara and Willow do and the effect on Willow? Um... I don't know. I don't know what to think because it made Glory seem a little weaker when they all get together, which is good because we need to find a weakness in her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that little bit of it, but it also was kind of like, well, you would think she could 
get her way around it. But maybe not. I, I liked some of it, but I, I did like the fact that using that powerful magic really had a bad effect on Willow. <laughs> because we've been seeing her delve deeper and deeper into magic, and, and some of it not exactly magic she should be delving into. It's good to see that she gets a negative reaction at times or uh, to it. Well, you talked about it being negative, and certainly, there, I mean, she got knocked down and got a bloody nose out of it, but the look on her face, and this is all in the way the actor plays it, I think. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all on Allison Hannigan. It's like she's coming off this incredible high. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and I thought, huh, that's a real interest, and I'd never put that together before until just watching it this time, and I guess just paying real close attention to it. I thought, huh, that's a real interesting way she's playing that, because everybody else is like, are you okay, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I, yeah. And I was like, huh, that's just, I don't know, I just it, thought it, that was unique. Yeah, it feeds into the whole addiction thing, you know? You, you get this massive high while you're on the drug, and once you come down, it's not good. It's yeah. not exactly how you would like it to be. And that's kind of what I got out of that, too, is that here she is. She's just done this incredible, incredibly powerful magic or drug. And now it's done and she's feeling the consequences, but she wants to get back to the feeling she had while doing it. Yeah, I mean, it, the typical it's an addict thing. Indeed. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. And they're not done with that. You know, oh, so no, we'll yeah. we'll we'll see that again later. So let's talk about the, we talked a little bit about Dawn and sort of what she does and that her reaction seems to be you know very valid. And, and I thought it was great the way the way it was done. But how about the fact that she goes whose help she gets to sort of figure out everything she goes and she bumps into Spike as she's sneaking out of the house. Right. And <laughs> that's how she winds up getting his help to break into the magic shop. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Well, who who else does she know that can break her in that's not going to tell Buffy, right? Uh, that True. she thinks is not going to tell Buffy. You know that Spike would probably run to Buffy and tell her everything he, that happened, but she doesn't think that. Uh, uh, so she goes to him, and of course he's just like, "What? We, oh, you want to break into something? Absolutely, let's have some fun." They get in the magic shop, mm-hmm. and she knows that there's a book that Giles is keeping notes, and she just has to find it. She finds it, and Spike is just nonchalantly reading stuff. It's fascinating. I, I, I actually like that scene a lot. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I think it, it was neat that he sort of has this understanding now, too. He learned something he didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so that is another layer of this is that we talk about what the vampires are able to see sometimes that the humans, not even the superhumans like Buffy can see, right? Well, he didn't even catch it. Right. And, and so when he says, huh, that's you, you know, I mean, that's, it's a big reveal to him as well. And, and it's that look of too, like, oh, wow, now what am I in the middle of? You know, <laughs> and talk about <laughs> not, couldn't care less, that's Spike. But, you know, that now he's in this thing. And it's also another thing too, you know, he and Dawn, we haven't seen them together a lot at this point, right? Like, I don't mm-hmm. remember really seeing them uh, more, more than just when the rest of the group's around, right? Yeah, just the time that Buffy dropped them off at, at his place to watch Passions. <laughs> right, right. And she was more annoyed that he and you oh, know yeah. the mother were watching Passions, and she was like, you know, not into that at all. Mm-hmm. But um, And they've held on to that Passions joke for like three seasons. Now. <laughs> this is, they really they were into that show for some reason, but yep. yeah, no one else was. But hey, anyway... <laughs> It was a vampire show, right? Way back in the day. So I think it was a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, show. So talk about peyote. But anyway, yeah. I, I think uh, 
you know, they don't, we don't know what kind of relationship they have or whatever. But this is, you know, we talked about what everybody else's reaction to learning the news about Dawn was, was that they're worried about themselves and they're ticked that they didn't know ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Spike gets this look on his face like, uh-oh, better put the guard up, better put the shield up. Like, it's almost like he sort of takes that on as like, okay, I'm going to make sure she's okay now too. If for no other selfish reasons, then it might impress Buffy, right? Yeah. I mean, did you get that off of him? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he anything he does related to the family is to try and get on Buffy's good side. And to, you know, he, he does it for two reasons. One, to protect Buffy's sister, Dawn, because she's going out into the big bad world of Sunnydale trying to get halfway across town to the magic shop. That's not usually a good thing to do, right? So he's protecting right. her. The other thing is uh, that he wants to get into some mischief, and this is another reason he can do it. So he's got two reasons that he's helping Don out here, and uh, both for, to him are, are thrills. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's exactly right. It's anything where he can just get that rush again. Because remember what Spike's big thing is, is he can't feed. He can't be a normal vampire. So he has no way to feel that rush except when he can get into a fight, you know. And so he's always yeah. looking for an excuse to get in a fight with somebody, mm-hmm. doesn't matter who. So yeah, he's he's always down for that. So what about but, the? Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, what about the reactions of the group after they learn about Don throughout this episode? Before Don actually finds out herself, what did you think about all that? They all act um, a little weird around her. Yeah, they, uh, they, it's that whole bit of I know something that I'm not supposed to know, but now I know, and I don't want you to know, so I'm gonna act really obvious about it. Yeah, right. So, it, yeah, yeah, I kept thinking that one of them is gonna get caught talking about it behind their back, and that's how she's gonna find out. That's how I figured oh, she would find out. I totally they kept thought. Talking. I, I totally thought Xander and Anya were going to screw this up and and tell her. I really, that's who I thought would, would have done it. But you know what? Credit to the writers for not do, or for the writer for not doing the obvious thing, which would have been to do that. Right. But, you know, even Willow can't keep it together though. Her and Tara still act weird too. You know, they don't know. How do you react? I mean, you know, we, we've already made the, um, uh, comparison, like it's finding out you're adopted or whatever. Well, how do you react when you find out one of your friends is adopted and they're going through that too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it may it's be definitely awkward. awkward. Yeah, yeah, you know. And so the, I thought it played very natural. I thought it was it was you know some of the 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 laughs and what's a pretty dour episode. Otherwise, I mean, it's, there's a lot of deep emotions and I think Michelle Trachtenberg really plays hurt and upset really well. Like for mm-hmm. a kid, and I mean, she was a kid when this was made and she's playing a kid. Sometimes that can come off really annoying or whiny, but I, I bought her. I didn't bother. I wasn't bothered by her reaction at all. I thought she played it exactly like a 14 year old would. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I thought it was well done and yeah, I, I liked it. I, th- I thought uh, all around it, it just flowed really well and, and everyone's reaction seemed like what it would be in real life. And I, I liked that whole thing. Yeah. What about the final end there when Glorious, you know, sent to fall from high above Hollywood or whatever out of her dress and Buffy's there and she's cut and Dawn's cut and she grabs her hand and she does that whole summer's blood, you know, that whole bit about it, mm-hmm. I love you no matter where you're from. Well, I thought it was good. They needed to do something to make her feel like she's part of the family still. And that she's important and she needs to stick around. And honestly, even though the feelings aren't there, they feel them just as like just the same. They know it's not real, but they feel it. And you can't just deny that 
feeling for yourself, right? So to try and convince her that, you know, we are sisters. We may not have been sisters our whole life, but we are sisters now, and we feel that love. Well, think about back to earlier in this season, Brian, and the Terra episode family. What it, what did we learn from that? Is that your family is who you love and who loves you back and who you choose to be around, right? Absolutely. And that it's, it's more than just blood. And what Buffy is saying is that even if you're you know not really my sister, you were made from me. You are my sister, and I'm going to treat you as such, no matter what, because you know, now I have more of a reason to protect you and love you. You know, so yeah. that I mean that I thought that was great. I mean, it's just a good parallel because they've already played with this theme this this season. They've already done this theme about family, you know, and what what it means. And look, Buffy's already chosen her family over Riley and over you know a lot of other things, right? I mean, yeah. her family comes in front of her friends and things now, so that's a big a big deal for her, and it's a big deal for the character and for the show. So I, I liked the little symmetry in that and the fact that they, they did a little callback to some of that family episode with the end of Blood Ties here. Brown, we're at the part of the podcast where it's time to give our dustings rating for the episode. So what is yours for Season 5, Episode 13, Blood Ties? Well, like I said, I really like how they, they played this. It felt real. The emotions that everyone went through felt like they were real. The story got really good. I liked the whole twist on Ben, Glory, and what their relationship is. I thought that was kind of a neat reveal itself. And finally, Dawn knows what she is and all that. Now it's time to deal with that fact. And I thought she dealt with it pretty well. Uh, I'm going to give this a three dustings. It's not a four dustings for me. It's not that strong, but it's still very entertaining and a three dustings worth, in my opinion. I would agree with you all the way up until that end speech. And it's the fact that Sarah Michelle Geller sells that end speech so well that it pushes it over the line for me. I think this is a fantastic episode. It's well done from top to bottom. There's a ton that gets revealed in it. There's really no fluff to it. And you know what? It's a different twist on the Buffy birthday episode. You know, as Buffy's yeah. birthdays go, this one's pretty tame. You know, so I I love this episode. I think it's fantastic. And so I'm going to give it a four dustings. I think it's uh, it's right up there with some of the best ones of this season so far. So uh, four dustings for me and three for you as we hurtle on into uh, the next Slate of episodes, Brian, we are around in the corner. We are down into single digits now left in Season 5. Can't believe it, but here we are. Well, folks, thank you for joining us in this latest episode of The Art of Slaying. You can find more episodes in the archive section of our website, theartofslaying.com. And if you like the show, please go to iTunes, give us a review. It helps other fans find the podcast, and we really appreciate it. You can also find links to our social media pages there and a link to our movie review podcast, Filmstrip. Until next time, for Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios, and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Grr, arg. <laughs>